My handle is Miss Pop. I love fast dogs. I really relate to human shopping. My name's Dunk Mask. I got no time for nothing that ain't street basketball. Get this non-street basketball shit out of my face. Hello, hello, and welcome. I'm Nick. I'm Ryan. And welcome to the Liku Studios Podcast, Freeware Game Review number 99, Zenith. A podcast for the week of March the 24th. We're good. All right. Hey, what's up? Hey, Nick. How's it going? Going all right. <laughs> good to know. Oh, boy. It has been a day here in the studio thus far. Oh, yeah. It's it's trying to be like two or three days, but we're going to we're gonna nip it in the bud and make it only one day. I don't think I can handle any more of these two or three day days. Recording was delayed due to uh, an update, like 31 updates. Like 10,000 registry changes. I think it was like 140. No, it was like 10,000 and something, because we made it to 7,000 and it was still cranking. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh. I don't know where I pulled 140 from. Uh, That's how many characters you get in a tweet. Oh, fuck. I got tweet brain. <laughs> that's a terrible affliction. It is. Um, My whole like mode of thinking has been shaped by this modern media paradigm. I mean, it, that's the perfect segue, so we could just jump into this. Cyberpunk. Robots. I thought we were going to have two anecdotes first. No. Uh, yeah, if you want to waste segues. So who goes first? Nick, what have you been playing? So I picked uh, Pokemon Conquest. Tell me about Pokemon Conquest. The semicolon, Nobunga's Abomasnow. Abomasnow. Nobunga's Abomasnow. Oh, dude, that has a nice cadence. <laughs> yeah, it sounds all right, actually. Now, what's that little monkey with, like, the two hands for tails? Chimchar. Nope. Uh, it's like I-palm? ambipalm or something. I don't know. Yeah, because he's like ambidextrous. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm only like maybe two hours into that game, uh, so it's still opening itself up to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but it's uh, I basically picked it up because I was like, wow, I'm kind of obsessed with Fire Emblem, and I have thirty dollars that I kind of came into. Hey, that's thirty dollars. Let's uh, do it. Yeah, and it is. For a while, I was saying that Fire Emblem, like, if it had sort of, like, the open world or, like, open world map nature that Pokemon has, where you're just sort of a dude walking around everywhere, Mm -hmm. then Fire Emblem was the Pokemon game I've always wanted. And then you just lock eyes with a guy, and then, like, all 12 of your troops just march out of your pocket. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Um, It's like in uh, old JRPGs, when you have... Like, the one guy walking around on the world map, but sometimes you have all of the people following you, and then sometimes they just compress together into the one guy again. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's always weird. Yeah. But, like, this game is really close to being that, uh, because what they do is, it's, you know, grid-based turns. So far, the, like, it seems like it's simplified. Like, anybody who's coming from Pokemon who knows what Pokemon is would probably jump in and say, like, this is kind of simplified, because, like, each Pokemon has one move, and... Like, you kind of just, if, like, in a battle where there's one-on-one Pokemon, mm-hmm. it's real dumb. They just sort of bump heads. Yeah. Um, but then you start realizing things like a lot of the sort of traits that were introduced later into Pokemon games, like levitation and, uh, like, the way that they sort of, like, passively buff each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, those things all come into play. So, like, you know, there's different, like, ground types and Pokemon, like, normally it's just, like, you know, if only electric Pokemon can go on steps. 
only electric Pokemon can go on tiles that have lightning on them. Mm. But, you know, if somebody had Hold levitate, on, there's just, like, freestanding lightning in this world? They got around that it was, like, the Pokemon, the lightning electric town. So they were like, we built this gym for fighting, and we filled it with electricity. Okay, sure. Um, which is kind of neat, because that way it's like, yeah, you bring more electric Pokemon and you have more movement. But, you know, you're not going to get any elemental bonuses because everybody else is probably electric. Um and there's like stuff in the arena, like there's but like in that same arena, there was like a button in each corner, and the map was split into four quadrants. So whatever button you hit, it would zap randomly a bunch of tiles in the opposite corner. Huh. Um, there's a lot of like uh, there's one where you're fighting in a volcano, so there's just jets of flame that shoot out, and if you're unlucky, you're standing on one and you get hit by it, unless you're firing, in which case you don't care. There was the one I saw you playing yesterday where there were like floodgates. Yeah, that was interesting. So they're doing a bunch with sort of. Map changing, which mm. uh, Fire Emblem had like none of that. All the maps are real small. Then yeah. again, uh, there yeah. will never be more than 12 because you can only have. So the way that it works is that you don't get a team of Pokemon. You get a team of dudes. Um, but and... each dude has one Pokemon associated with them. Yes. But then, you know, since you get to pick which dudes are in which town and are take place in which attacks, it basically works out to like you get six Pokemon. Yeah. Um, except it just, you know, the game just opened up to me that each trainer, each warrior can have more than one Pokemon, depending on what their status is. So that's the other way that this game is actually more complex than it seems, is because, like, Pokemon have stats, and the trainers have stats, so there's reason to put specific Pokemon on specific trainers, as well as the fact that they both have, like, passive bonuses that come about if the Pokemon and the trainer, uh, like, there's no EXP. There's just how well they link with each other. So, like, they just get stronger as they work with each other. Um, and then there's also like all sorts of systems where every month you give your trainers different tasks and the like, they go around to the different cities and do shit. Yeah. And like, like thing, like things change, like different Pokemon will appear in different areas. So you need to travel around and it's like, who am I going to send into battle this month? And who am I going to send to train this month? Like there's like a lot of, there's a lot more management systems. Mm. Um, and the thing is like, even though the, like the battles are a little simpler because pretty much all you can choose is like who goes where and do they attack or just wait. Um, although now the way that you get new Pokemon is you have to do this weird like instead of attacking you do a link action which makes you play this weird little like rhythm mini game and the oh, better yeah? you, the better you do with that the faster you can link because it's like weird. So it's like, you know, one time I got it perfect with a Pokemon who was going to be really close with a trainer. Like, they had a pretty high sync ratio. Maximum sync. Because, like, some po- some Pokemon and some dudes are just never going to be great friends with each other. They're always going to hate each other. But these two these two were pretty high, and, like, I hit the rhythm game perfectly, and it one turn, I got them. Other ones, it's just been like, no, you two hate each other, but I need you, you stupid bird. And just, like, mm. it took, like, three turns of doing a link action instead of attacking in order to and get And all him. the while, you're just getting attacked by them? Yeah. <laughs> um, which is why you really want other people coming with you, because then, like, also, like, if you're trying to link with this one, then maybe three on the other side who are attacking you um in in sort of the like the the meta like empire management stuff are you ever do you ever have like uh time restrictions and stuff or you can can you just kind of like let months pass as you need or want them to so far there have been no time restrictions although it has been hinted that eventually like i should not leave my own kingdoms empty because other kingdoms will begin to attack me Mm -hmm. um that has not happened yet though but it's never like you have to take over this kingdom within four months no that hasn't happened okay um which i hope doesn't happen for a little while because i'm still like enjoying being able to take time and just test stuff out and mm. goof a couple of times. Um, there is no permadeath, 
which is also kind of interesting because I don't I have not yet seen a way to dismiss warriors mm. and Pokemon from warriors. So I'm waiting. Hopefully that'll come up soon. Um, I mean, is there like a, a a cap on how many dudes you can have? Well, you can only yes. Okay. Because I have, um, I believe right now I have like seven towns. And oh, and then each town can only support so each many Each town warriors. can only hold six warriors at a time. Okay. Um, like there was even a thing I was doing where I tried to move uh, some to a full town, and it was like, all right, who's going back to the other town to make room for them? Oh, weird. Um, okay. But also, uh, it's weird because you don't have to like do adjacent town movements. Movement is not an action, so like you don't have to wait multiple turns for people to travel to where you want, which is pretty good. Um because where people are matters. Yeah. And Ooh, sorry. It's I don't know, there's like a lot of management things. I'm not totally clear on how they all work yet, but they all seem pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Uh and then yeah, like the a lot of uh, again like uh, uh but just like even so like there's all of that which is making it more complex. And you would think like, well, if all of that's complex and is a lot to manage, then, you know, is that worth it when there's still like a more simplified combat mechanic? Mm-hmm. And the thing is like by the time you get six units on each side, and the fact that so there are a lot of things that would have been like moves in a regular Pokemon game, which mm-hmm. are just passive abilities here, either on the part of the warrior or on the Pokemon. The yeah. warriors have unique abilities that can be used once a turn that generally will like, you know, like one of them is just like uh, undo any debuffs on everybody on your team. Oh, shit. Um, but you can yeah. only use it once a turn. And you mean once like a battle? Yeah, once a battle. OK. Um, And like. There's only, you know, so some of them are like, you know, I can heal my Pokemon and anyone adjacent to him. So if, you know, that Pokemon isn't next to the person who needs to be healed, it may not be good to use it yet. So do you want to keep attacking or move it? So there, and like, there are a lot of Pokemon moves. I have not seen too many yet, but they attack in different ways. All of the elemental things are in there. Um, one of the interesting passive abilities is called Melee, which is just like, if, if a, if an enemy Pokemon and an allied Pokemon are having a fight and the Pokemon with melee is adjacent to the enemy who is in that fight, he will use it as an attack of opportunity, just like do an extra two damage because he was in a fight with one of his friends. Huh. He's just like, I'm just going to stand in the middle of a bunch of fights and just tag everybody while they're confused. Cool. Don't bite. That's how I played uh, Front Mission. It's a pretty good way to play. But yeah, so like, <laughs> it, it, like it's... The battle themselves are not as interesting, I think, comp- uh, compared to Fire Emblem because there was a lot more going on with, like, which units are paired together and how are they going to come in and, you know, chances to critical and chances to, you know, what weapon are you using? And there's, mm-hmm. like, a lot more, like, individual choice per attack and ways to line that up. But there's enough passive stuff that they are sort of interesting battles that you make interesting choices during. So it's really enjoyable so far, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be even more that is going to reveal to me soon. In summation, give it a go, give it a pass. You give it a go. Okay. Like, if you are into strategy games, this is holding its own as far as strategy games go. You heard it here first, folks. Nick gives Pokemon Conquest a go. I thought I'd give it a give it a go. He gives it a give it a go. I don't know why I'm doing this voice. Uh, Because you're in front of a microphone, which means just like you're on the radio. Yeah. So what have you been playing? Well... Uh, last night, actually, I started and finished the Dead Space 3 DLC, Awakened. Uh, spoilers ahead, um, if you don't want to hear spoilers for Dead Space 3, I don't know, skip like the next five, ten minutes, I don't have all that much to say, because this thing was real short. Um, 
so at the end of Dead Space 3, like, you fight a moon and you activate this alien machine that's supposed to, like, kill the moon and keep it from waking up all the other moons so that they don't eat Earth. Yeah. So then at the at the end of Dead Space 3, after the credits, when it's presumed that Isaac is dead and Ellie's on her way back to Earth, like, there's just... It's just black screen, and Isaac is just like, Ellie? Ellie! And I'm just like, oh, yay. Yeah. Blah. Um, and that's where this DLC starts. Um, I like it. Right there, yeah. Well, not not really, but, like, you know, that's the hook that they left from themselves. Like, hey, guys, surprise, Isaac isn't dead. Sure. Um, so, basically, the... Over the course of this thing, you're you're still on what is it, Tau Volantis? Um, sure. And you're trying to get like off the planet to warn Earth that oh, whoops! It turns out that all those moons are alive. Um, they bring there, a couple things like that I like about this DLC. They bring back the crazy really really hard. Good. Um, like the opening scene of it is like. Isaac laying down with an alarm clock flashing in his face, and then he, like, stumbles over to a bathroom mirror, but Carver is in the mirror, mm-hmm. and he's just like, Isaac, Isaac, what the fuck are you doing in my apartment? And then the camera zooms back from Carver, and they're just standing in a cave, and Isaac is like, what are you talking about? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, And they, they like, they're just like, what the fuck? We're supposed to be dead. And he's like, I don't know, alien magic machine. Sure. Like, straight up, he's just like, look, I stopped trying to explain this shit back on the Ishimura, all right? I just roll with it. Oh, that's pretty Um, good. That's pretty good. And then you're wandering around, like, not quite sure if you're really alive or dead. Like, Isaac's just like, what if this is what they feel like? Like, after they bring them back, what if this is what it's like? Oh, man. (laughs) Um, And you have all of these crazy hallucinations where you're being attacked by things that aren't actually there. Mm -hmm. um, That's, like, called out really hard as, like... No, Isaac, you're losing it. Those aren't there. Um, and, like, your whole screen goes orange, and there's just markers flying around and moons and shit. And this is, like, while you're in control, so you're yes. like actually wasting ammo on these things? Yes. That's awesome. Well, I mean, they can actually kill you. Oh, okay. Um, but, like, you know, you're trying to get to a ship, and, like, your shout, like, Carver's shouting down at you from something, and then your screen just goes orange and blurry, and you have to fight off all these things. And then it just goes back to normal, and Carver's like, what the fuck are you doing down there? And he's like, what are you talking, did you not see that? He's like, yeah, you've been running around in circles down there. What the fuck is going on? Oh, jeez. Um, and then you're, like... You're trying to get back to one of the ships in orbit and trying to, like, get a shock drive on it to get back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole thing, like, your your main, uh, like, the uh, the there aren't, like, necromorphs around anymore, really, since you blew up that moon that was kind of like the carrier signal for the necromorph yeah. signal. Because I guess they're like a kind of radio wave. Sure. <laughs> Um, so you're kind of fighting this cult that were, like, the remains of the unitologists who were sent to, like, track you down. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, and they are all fucking insane. Yeah, that's um, good. That's because good. they have these moons talking into their heads. Yeah. So there's this new cult springing up that's all like, take our eyes that we may see you, take our tongues that we may spread your message. Gross. And just, like, mutilating themselves. Yeah. And you're kind of haunted by this sort of pyramid head-like figure Hmm. that, like, you can't really hurt, but he just shows up in hallucinations and, like, hunts you down with a cleaver. That's neat. Um, And you're kind of, like, constantly being pulled 
into this hallucinatory space where all of the moons are shouting at you. <laughs> like, straight up, there's just a skybox with all of these moons. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> like, they lean into that really hard in a way that I wish they did more in the game. Because that's just so absurd, and they just, like, just roll so hard with it. Um, and, and they do a lot more of, like, like there are candles everywhere, and there are, like, people strapped up to walls, and it's really terrifying, and you're constantly, like, you know, walking past these religious processions that are all chanting, and then the room goes orange, and they're necromorphs, and then it goes back to normal, and they were never there at all. Okay. And it's real fucked up. And it's about an hour long. Uh-huh. Um, and then after going through all of that, like, you make it back to Earth, and it turns out all of the moons are there, and the end. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's real bad. We all got eaten. Game over. Good. Maybe they're done with that now. Yeah, could be. That would be okay. I think. Um, I mean, We just got more Gears of War, and that's not great. <laughs> but, like, just... <laughs> It was just this, it, maybe it was because it was so short, like, I think I played through it in about an hour. Yeah. But, like, it was just kind of this weird, it almost kind of seemed like what Citadel was trying to be for Mass Effect. It was just like, hey, remember this stuff that you liked? Yeah. Because it was like, okay, like, weird psychotic breaks and the original Mass Effect, uh, not Mass Effect, like, Dead Space Engineer suit is part of this. Okay. Like... You know, candles and creepy shit and people chanting and hallucinations and then, boop, it's over. Okay. Like, it's just this weird sudden finality of, like, they they just show up back in orbit of Earth and it's like, hey, is anybody out there? No, it's all of the moons. Roll credits. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it does sound really crazy. It's weird. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That is something I would not mind experiencing. I like all the crazy bits, like even yeah, in, uh, like all of the the hallucination and, um, segments were great. But those are kind of hard to pull off. Like I'm thinking of Arkham Asylum. Mm -hmm. Like the last time I saw people really try that, which went pretty well. Yeah. Um. I, I wish they used some like some of these like the the techniques that they used in the actual game. Yeah. Where like Isaac is just really healthy for some reason. Like he's huh. just perfectly sane. Yeah. Um. But, like, you'll go into situations where, like, you walk into a room and have some kind of horrible hallucination and get pulled out to, like, you know, the weird red glowing place where all of the moons are shouting at you. Yeah. And then have to fight some dudes there. And also that, like, pyramid head guy is there. And then you snap back to right before you walked through that door. Oh, awesome. Like, <laughs> I wish they did some of these things in Dead Space 3 and not just in this DLC. Yeah. Because it's kind of, like... It happens with such, like, it's so concentrated into this, like, hour of gameplay that it kind of starts to lose its effectiveness at the end. Yeah. And I kind of imagine if they just took all of these and spread them spread out them over out. the course of, you know, the 12-hour game or whatever, that it would have been, I don't know. It's or, weird. Or, like, even to, like, put into more subtlety, because, like, if they did a thing where, like, there's these very clear, you're hallucinating, but these things can still kill you segments. Yeah. Versus just, like, little things, like, did you see that guy go that way? Or, like, you see the dude walk out of the room one way, and then he walks up behind you immediately, and it's like, hey, I finally caught up to you. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> well, some of that is just their weird, um, like, Carver scripting, because yeah. he's your co-op buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have no idea how this would play in co-op, yeah. because there are, like, hallucinations where you, like... Part part of this is that, uh, like, Isaac is convinced that, like, no, we can't go back. If we go, they'll follow us. Uh -huh. 
uh-huh. but becomes like I, I don't know, like he like he he wants to go take the warp drive and just like throw it into the reactor and kill everyone. Yeah. And then he has a hallucination that Carver comes out and tries to kill him, but then there's like 20 Carvers and you have to fight all of them and it's kind of an interesting sequence. I have no idea how that would play in co-op cuz he's your co-op buddy. As a mini RTS? <laughs> Oh, no, it's cool because it's well, not man, like... No, that would be cool. Like, What if it was like secretly like a versus game for your co-op buddy? Yeah. And like he's just like like trying to be real subtle about trying to kill you the whole time, and that's how he wins. <laughs> kind of like... um, Paranoia? Or like a werewolf or whatever. Yeah. Or there are tons of games like that in like the fucking StarCraft custom game stuff where it's just like, all right, run around in this facility. You all are like marine dudes. Two of you are infected. Go. Huh. That sounds <laughs> right. Actually, if... I would play, like, a werewolf game of StarCraft where, yeah, like, yeah. you only know one piece of information about one other player. There, and there are like actually, game. there are a couple games like that. Like, there's there's one, I forget what it's called, but it's, like, an eight-man free-for-all where, like, two people are protectors, three, like, two people are protectors, two people are, like, the aggressors or whatever, and then the rest are just normal. Yeah. And it's, like... You know, they all have those traditional goals of, like, you know, the aggressors have to kill everyone, the protectors have to save everyone, the normal people just have to do whatever. Yeah. Um, And I think it has some tilt where, like, the aggressors can build units faster and stuff. Huh. But, you know, if you use that really quickly right off the bat, it'll be really obvious. Yeah. I don't know. Video games. Yeah, it sounds like it would be interesting. Yo. Hey. Let's talk about Zenith. You mean Zineth? <laughs> let's talk about Zenith. Yeah. Mm, video games, you guys. Yeah. Oh, I really like them. Like, okay, so the way I learned about this game is, you know Evan Minto? Yeah. Uh, Real great guy. I saw his panel on Satoshi Kon. Yeah. Uh, he's also, like, the chair of Genericon from this past year. He was the PR dude the year before it. He's a writer for Otaku USA. Uh, yeah, and he runs any gamers. So basically, he put out a tweet about how Polygon covered this game, and the reason why he talked about that was because this is a game from RPI people. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, rad. Yeah, super rad. Um, and this game, like, I don't know, like, the Polygon story also had, like, a little bit of interviews with them, and I don't know how that makes me feel, but this game is pretty rad. Um, what do you mean you don't know how that makes you feel? Well, because the way that they sort of were describing it was, like, we wanted a game that would look and play at home on, like, a broken tube television sitting on top of some garbage cans. Well, they do have that flickery winners don't use drugs message at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, it was very important that we got this sand texture to work Ugh. and just make it look as garbage as possible. Yeah, that sand texture looked real grody. Yeah. But that's the thing. They sort of follow it up with, like, there are people who will not be able to enjoy this game because of the way that it looks, and those are not the people we created it for. So Zenith is – it plays kind of like a jet set radio. That was the other thing. They kept saying, Where you have a phone. They were like, like, we weren't trying to make jet set radio, but people keep saying that we were. And, like, they apparently made a number of, like, design decisions just to be different from jet set radio specifically. So Zenith is a game where you skate around with some kind of robot suit. Yup. Yeah, it's like an inline skating exploration game with a cell phone? Yeah. So you start this game, and you're skating around, and you can do wall runs and grind on pipes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you start to get emails as you pass through the tutorial section from your zine boss, because I guess you work for a zine or something. 
also the fact that the game features zines so prominently. Yeah. Like, they're not even like magazines, they're not articles, they're zines. Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, And you're given objectives like skate around and collect all these pages that have blown to the breeze, or now deliver them to all the people in the town. Complete the Catco Canyon run in under a minute. Just kind of stuff like that. Yep. There's there's a, a bunch of, like, sort of racing uh, ones later in the game. Um, yeah, and it's... It is it is a game that is very much about finding good paths, about maintaining speed, and like there's no trick system to it, mm-hmm. but it it is all about just like like there's a couple of key rules about like what will make you lose momentum and what will help you get momentum. Yeah. Um. There is a button that increases your personal gravity, which you can use on a downhill slope to build speed, or use it like to cut a jump short so you can hit the next jump really hard. Yeah. Um. Wall running, like, wall grinding just gives you speed. Yeah. That is how you go faster. That's pretty neat. Um, It's really rad. Yeah. There's it, a, a slight time rewind mechanic to help you, like, nail really tricky jumps. Do, hmm. We don't want to mention the ultimate goal, right? Your final mission. I mean, I suppose not. Okay. Um, Cause it, That's the other thing. Like, it is a student game. It was sort of a proof of concept kind of thing. They were... I think they were sort of focused on, like, here, we need this idea of, like, speed and, like, skater punk, but they were very much on, like, making sure it looked like what they wanted to look like. And just the idea of the phone. Like, the phone... Yeah. The phone, in a literal sense, can be open constantly. If you're using keyboard and mouse to play this game, you use the cell phone entirely with the mouse. Alternatively, um, they suggest on, like, the title screen to play it with a 360 controller, wherein... Wherein? Your left stick will control the character, and your right stick can controls the phone yeah but like the phone can just be constantly up and like it'll like pop up with emails and stuff it can link to your actual twitter account and you can use it as a real twitter client yep um typing is a little hard but that's okay because it has like a built-in semi-random tweet generator yep which is pretty great there is a sort of arena shooter pokemon hybrid mini game on your phone yep which is kind of cool. Like, you get, there are t- trainers scattered around the world. So there's like a survival mode, or you can find all of these dudes hidden in the environment and actually challenge them to battles, which I really like that part of it because I like Pokemon. It's, it's bizarre that it's there. Yeah. Well, because that was their thing. Like, part of it was just like, they were like, yeah, we wanted a game that takes place in like a real shitty looking and existing future. So part of it is just like the phone takes up so much of your screen because it's like, yeah, you're going to escape into your phone. Like that is a, a message about this game about how people like there needs to be like a full game in your phone because that is the message that like, here's the stuff you can do. You're probably going to want to like waste your time on your phone. <laughs> okay. I mean, you do go around and see, like, billboards and stuff that just have, like, a picture of a cute squid and just says, Okay! Phone! Yes, 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 yes. My favorite one was, like, right at the beginning of the game, there's a sign up on a a higher wall that just says, There's something awesome up here! Oh, yeah! And when you jump up there, there's a sign on the ground that just says, It's you. You're awesome. So you just kind of have, like, this little cityscape and surrounding canyon and stuff to skate around in and find hidden stuff, like cubes that you can use to level up your phone monster and cool billboards, and you can smash cactuses. And all the little missions that are spread around. Yeah, like time trials and, hey, collect this thing. And also just, like, the movement is real fun. Like, I was having a lot of fun just, like, finding different paths to jump between roofs and stuff. And it's got wall grinding. Wall grinding is real healthy. Yeah, it's got wall grinding, which is a variant of, well, 
I suppose you have to wall grind so that you can jump off of it. So it I mean, has yeah, wall it's jumping. got wall jumps too, and they're yeah. healthy. Wall jumping is very healthy. Uh, like it's just, it's just this like really. I want to call it like a dense experience because it's like you get in and there's like high action and it's really really short. Yeah, but like it doesn't feel that short because like I mean I I, I I haven't actually finished it yet. Um, the okay, the last objective you get is to go to the moon. Yeah, like you have three emails from your zine boss. He says, "Collect the zine, hand out the zine. Now, please go to the moon." I'm sorry that this escalated so quickly. Yeah. Um, and I haven't figured out how to get to the moon yet on my own. Um, which I figured out how to get to the moon, but I know I did it incorrectly because I could not figure out what the correct way was. It turns out the correct way is tied into the phone monster game. Yeah, and I think that's about as much as we should say about that. Yeah. Like, there's a reason to, to get good at that game. <laughs> I just, I like the, the little thing. Somebody made, like, a YouTube video that was, like, explaining all of the rules and systems just of that mini game. Yeah? Yeah. Especially because it's kind of neat, because it's like, when you upgrade your little monster, what you're, up, you're doing is upgrading their maximum stat. For, like, each of their four stats, which is attack, defense, magic, and glam. Mm -hmm. And so, but, like, the way you actually sort of level them up and make them stronger is just by doing stuff. So, you know, you get hit, you level up your defense. You use your (laughs) punch attack, you level up attack. You hit with the magic, you level up your magic. And you drag food around to level up your glam. Yeah. Um, Glam is the attractive force your monster has for food. Yeah. Food can collide with uh, same likeness food items, and they get bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't really described the visuals of this game, aside to say that they're kind of purposely shitty. Um, it's real, like, yellow and pink and bright green and just, like, giant slabs of polygon. Not much in the way of texture. Yeah. Except for the sand, which they specifically made look real gross. It has kind of a shitty particle effect that happens when you skate through it. Yeah. I don't know. I like that particle effect. I know, but it looks like it looks like real shitty. Yeah, huge it, chunks of yellow flying around. Yeah, it looks like vector graphic noise. Like yeah. if somebody like bumped a asteroids machine too hard and everything got jumbled. It looks like the asteroids from Asteroids, but yellow. Yeah, <laughs> but just like like that robot suit you're wearing looks kind of like uh, Conti from FLCL, well, but with a dude in the middle. It's just like. Floating it, arms and legs with wheels. Yeah, yeah, it's just legs that float next to your legs and arms that float next to your arms, and that is your robot skate suit. And your character is a cowboy? Yeah, he's got a cowboy hat. Yeah, I think he also has spurs. Probably. Like, what? The emails that they put in there are pretty good. Like, the dudes who made this game, Arcane Kids, is the developer, which, yeah. like, a lot of people are saying, like, why don't you develop this into a full game? Kind of because it was, like, five dudes, and, like, they've gone off to, like, three different companies now. Yeah. Because um, this, this wasn't, graduated. like, a student project, right? Yeah. Um, although, okay, so, <gasps> we didn't play with this. Um, in the version that we got, I don't know if it's been updated since, they did put in the ability that you can export asset bundles from Unity and create your own levels. Oh, really? Yeah. So huh. there's an opportunity for customization and expansion there, even if the mechanics never get expanded. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there is a debug version of NetPlay. Really? Yeah, I'm curious oh. about that. I bet that's kind of grody. I bet it is. Because the physics can already be a bit wonky in the game on its own, like, we both ran into some situations where you're doing wall rides on the ceiling or just kind of clipping through walls sometimes. Yeah. But there is the instant rewind, so you can always just, like, get back out of that if something bad happens. Yeah. I wonder if that instant rewind works online. 
Huh. Because the... Well, actually, you know, I bet you it probably does. Because one thing I noticed is that if you're in the sort of time trial sections and you rewind, it does not rewind to time, which yeah, means yeah. that... there You have it, to have a perfect run. None. Yes, but I'm just mean from like a te- technical standpoint. That it, it's something that happens to your dude and not like to the world. Well, I'm trying to remember. I thought there was something else like where it did happen in the world, but it basically does mean like that there is like a, a universal time which never stops and gets rewound. Yeah, yeah. Like there is always a part of that game which is moving forward in time. So you would sync the game to that, which means you could rewind while watching your buddy continue to go. Yeah. I bet that could be done. <laughs> it's kind of like the specialists. Ah, oh, specialist was real good. It's not like the specialists at all. Ah, uh, so I don't know. It's <laughs> not as many guns. No, no, no. I just mean in in like the specialists had power ups and stuff that played with time. Yeah. Um, I has anything done anything where you have like time distortion bubbles in the gameplay where just like like time moves normally, but if somebody slows down time, there's just a radius around them in which time is slower. I thought the specialists kind of worked like that. I don't think so. Or was it just map wide? Like if somebody hit bullet time anywhere, everyone was in bullet time. I well, I think that's why there were two versions of slow mo, and one of them was like server wide. Okay. Yeah, there were two versions of slow-mo. Well, one of them was everything is slow, and the other one was everyone else is slow, but you're still normal speed. Yes. That's what the two differences were. Because, like, yeah, one yeah. was by combo, one was by trick shot. I don't... I mean, you could pick them up was the other thing. Yeah, yeah. I like the specialists. Right, because there was one that you picked up and one that you earned, and that's... They were differentiated about what they slowed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was a good game. That was a real good game. Um, Big, like, custom model community around that game. Yeah. I made a whole bunch of custom textures for models. I miss the specialists. Me too. Baron Pub went and did TF2, and then I think he even stopped doing that, didn't he? I don't know. Do you run a StarCraft server now? That's not a thing. There are, like, player clans now. Yeah. And, like, groups and stuff. I'm in the Giant Bomb one. Haven't done anything with them. That's all right. I popped into the chat room one time, and nobody said anything for, like, half an hour. And then I got back with a game from Anders, and one guy, like, the only line in the chat was like, Oh, yeah, I'd be down for that. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh boy so okay. that guy was like responding to a message that happened like, like an, an hour, hour before i yeah. logged on that's cool yeah everything needs timestamps on it yep oh especially when like if you only really get a chance to talk in between games of starcraft no you can still chat into groups when you're in a game but if you're playing aren't you focused on the game yeah like starcraft is pretty intense yeah um unless you're me in which case they're not that intense and then you lose Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You want to just talk about, like, StarCraft? <laughs> I don't... But, like, you get to the moon at the end of this game. Yeah. Like, there is a way to get to the moon, and it's pretty rad. And then you get an email, and it says, wow, that was rad. And then you try to get back to the planet, and you get an email from the developers that says, invisible walls prevent unwanted space travel. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, suck it. Like, it's that attitude again. Like, like You get an email from the developers that tells you to suck it. Yeah. <laughs> basically that part. <laughs> but, but just, like like... They have an attitude which comes across both in, like, the way that they write their emails, like, and individual style. Like, they mirror each other real well. And I'm still trying to figure out what that attitude is and whether, like, I appreciate it or I enjoy it or... Because there's, like, some sort of difference there. Because, like, saying that... It was the part where they were like, we're going to make a game that looks like shit and, like, like, if you don't enjoy shit-looking games, this is not for you. Like, there's sort of a pretension there that I'm not down with, but... Eh, I wouldn't say it's pretension. I mean, also something about, like... like It's just sort of like being honest about the thing they're producing. Like, look, we're going to take it in this stylistic direction. If you don't like that, well, this is the choice we've made. 
I there was something about the way they phrase it that I'm I'm not capturing. Like, okay, but like that's say kind of like like if you don't like this game, like you are not capable of understanding why this game is to be liked. There was sort of a tone oh. of that when I read well. it. Well, um, but like also like I can't understand like if it is something that they enjoy. It's like the kind of thing is like zine culture. I feel has a certain pretentiousness to them. But, like, there are zine pages that you can pick up and find in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, you start, they just give you two, and then you can find other ones in the world. I only found one. I think there's, like, 13 in total. But, like, you look at them, and it's just, like, single pages with, like, cutouts from magazines and little doodles and just, like, Xerox copies uh-huh. of, like, single pages. And that is each episode of the zine. Sure. So, like... Like are they say like are they saying that like if we think this through this is what the zine of this future is or are they saying like this is how sort of like adorably wacky zines can be and that's why they're great like I'm not sure exactly where they're coming from whether they're saying like this is the thing we like because it's crazy or this is the thing we like because they're getting it right like it is right for things to look like shit not it is endearing for things to look like shit I'm I don't not know. I'm not sure where they fall on that line but it's a pretty fun game yeah. Like, because, like, wherever they stand on, like, how shitty things should be, like, they know how to make something that feels fun. Like, they do, like, the fact that, like, they actually did get a good sense of, like, where should we put buttons? You should control the phone entirely. Like, when you're playing on keyboard and mouse, like, the your mouse hand is basically entirely for the cell phone and your keyboard hand is entirely for the movement. And, like, they have, like, a good sense of, like, separation. Like, having that little bit of rewind mm. time because it is about really finicky jumps and getting to retry and, you know, wall grinding. Like, that just gives you, like, they were like, yeah, no, we, we said that wall grinding is going to give you more. So up at the top of the level when you finally figure out how to get enough speed to get up to those rare areas, there's just a big circular loop that you can wall grind on to just build up infinite speed and yeah. just dick around with it. Like, that's the thing. Like, at the end of the day, they were like, here's a game where we were kind of dicking around and we want you to dick around too. And that's kind of what we're rolling with. Yeah. So, like, if there is some sort of pretension in there, I'm going to let it slide because, like, they got enough really good stuff going for it. They know how to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that That's why I don't know where you're coming from with all of this. I don't know. I didn't read that interview that you did, so. Yeah. But, you know, this just seems like... I mean, for one thing, I don't... I mean, when you walk up and you say, like, like we want to make a game that looks like shit, like, I don't know, like... Is that a direct quote? Pretty much, yeah. The part about the broken tube TV is a direct quote. Okay. But, like, you know, the way that you fit that is it looks as shitty as, you know, the broken TV and such. No, so. I, I see it as, like, sort of suggesting a certain, uh, I don't know, just, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like I probably have some wrong preconceptions about zine culture or something. But, like, I, like, I feel there is a difference between somebody who comes out and says, we want to make a game that looks like shit, and somebody who comes out and says that we want this game to look good, but, you know, for it to look good, it will look like shit. Like, or looking like shit is how to make it look good. Stop. Look, I, I still don't. Yeah, no, I'm reading into something, okay? Like, when when you bring up the, you know, we wanted to make it look like a thing that looks like it's at home on a tube, like a tube TV on a pile of garbage. Like, that just sounds to me like they want to subscribe to a certain kind of, like, punky aesthetic and not, we want to make a thing that looks bad. I No, like, that. that's the, like, that's the part. Like, that's the part that sounds the same. Like, you want a punky aesthetic and, like punky aesthetic is shit but it's like is that because you feel like you're punks and you think the punk life is the life to live or do you just like the way punk things look and it's really hard to tell which one of those ways they are it's like i think you're like analyzing this way too much probably it's kind of a similar problem i have with like 
people who go to cons like and their costume is like ears and a foxtail is like it's because like are you on the way to being like i am a fox trapped in a person's body or do you just like the way that that looks and it usually takes a few questions before the people you're asking it of like come to understand it in themselves i find okay okay i don't know if i was one of the developers of this game like i might be angry with you right now that's cool but I don't know. If you were one of the developers of this game, I would figure out which side of that line you were sitting on. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. What? <laughs> You're making a lot of weird assumptions about the intentions of people you don't know. No, like I'm like that's the thing. Like I'm saying like I'm assuming it's like one of these two things, one I'm down with, one I'm not down with. I'm not saying like they should be punished if it's not the one I'm down with. Okay. So I just really want to know. So go ask them. Yeah, I should probably go ask them. So, guys, Zenith, give it a go. <laughs> yeah, it's real good. It looks like trash on purpose. I I still don't even think, like, it looks like trash. Like, I, I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, like, the worst part of it is just the way that, like, big, flat, unshaded surfaces. So you can't tell. Like, you know you're driving into a corner, but you don't know when you reach it. Yeah. It's got a real will real weird sense of scale like sometimes you just see dudes standing in the corner and it takes a long time to get to them because you don't have a sense of how big the corner is yeah um like the part where you're going through the desert and all that real like trashy looking sand is around like it's kind of the best part because at least then you can tell how fast you're going but you know the sand is also like one of the most boring parts because there's not a city full of ramps and billboards and stuff and trainers to go fight but all of it's in there so it's all good stuff I'm sorry if I'm quiet. I'm looking at that interview now. Yeah. The direct quote that Nick keeps going back to. We have always imagined Zenith being played on a half-broken tube television resting on some trash cans behind a dumpster, so we designed it for that dream situation. The first thing to come together was the sand shader, and since it really exposed the terrain's level of detail popping, we embraced this. We embraced that the game was going to look like garbage to people who don't appreciate outsider art. Yeah. Kind of the phrase outsider art is sort of a flag in my book. Okay. Uh, maybe it's me, like, with post-whatever. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Also, you know, they call that a dream situation. Like, just, like, that... Hey, man, remember that time we played, like, rival schools on the concrete floor of on of Anders' garage while it was raining outside? Like, that was, I think, the ideal situation. But, like, the part of that was that, you know... The part of that that was ideal was that like we had a big open door to a rainy day and we were playing on a Dreamcast, not the fact that we were sitting on like shitty lawn chairs next to a stack of old newspapers. Yeah, but we were we were sitting on shitty lawn chairs next to a stack of old newspapers. But that's not what made it the dream the dream state. I don't know. Like I could re I could get close to building that same sort of ideal state, and like it would might not be in a garage. A subset of the attributes of the situation. I need to, like, either go to sleep or get a cup of coffee or something, because I'm just saying shit. So, guys, Zenith is a pretty fun video game where you skate around and do wall grinds and then go to the moon. And deliver some zines. You should check it out. You should. Uh, Zenith.com, but it's zine, like, magazine zine. You can also find the developers at arcanekids.com, which is a Tumblr. Yeah. And their their Twitter handle is real weird, because it's like... Oh, no, is it just Arcane Kids and then their real name is like AR question mark KD hashtag? <laughs> I don't know. See, and that sort of name is also sort of in fitting with like we want to create outsider art. 
I had to work with a lot of artists while I was at school. Yeah, sure. And like, I'm glad I didn't go to art school because I just would have gotten in fist fights and thrown out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, I know that there's a lot of douchey art, like douchey, pretentious, artistic people, but that's not my baseline assumption for people. Yeah, no. <laughs> I like e- even if I can't remember directly, like there were a few flags that I've just gotten used to catching, saying stuff like outsider art and having a dream situation that involves being next to a dumpster. <laughs> That's just punk as shit, dude. Yeah. Like I I think punk is cool. I don't think it's ideal. How about that? Sure. Okay. It's not it's not your aesthetic. Yeah. I like cars at work. <laughs> then why don't you drive one? Oh. Boom! Shots fired. Do the outro. Uh this has been Neliku Studios podcast talking about Zenith. I will put a link to that game's download page in the show notes. This show notes can be found at olikustudios.net slash podcast. If you would like to give us feedback on this show, there are many myriad ways of doing it. Probably not that many. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, at Olitku. You can find us on Facebook. I was about to say YouTube. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Olitku. You can find us on Tumblr, too, I think. Yep. Not I think, like, I, you know, we, you can. Definitively. You can send us an email at podcast at Studios.net. If you would like to give the show a rating or a review, find us in the iTunes Music Store. Search for Oliku. Yeah. Just Google Oliku anything and we come up for about three pages. It's like a weird word that doesn't exist. Yeah. Like I was trying to find Xenon today, also sometimes known as Axel Shock, maybe, because he's a game developer guy with a similar aesthetic. And you get like real complicated results when you search for Xenon because it's a thing. Yeah. No, you know, if you try to search for Elcom, the first thing that comes up is a company that sells logic computers. If you try to search for Airpiece, something that, like, for a while it was some, like, uh, like amateur radio enthusiasts, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Name yourself after a thing that doesn't exist, so it's easier to find you. Remember when Jesse tried to name his Hot band scoops. Bad, bad Wolf Bay? Nope. They tried to do that, and then they remembered that Doctor Who is a thing, and then they changed their name because they wanted to have a chance of being found. Did they name it after the thing from Doctor Who? I don't think so. Or did they just independently come up with a thing from Doctor Who? Well, I think the thing from Doctor Who of, like, Bad Wolf Bay is actually based on a a name of something in Sweden or something. Some fjord. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man! Oh, if that's true, that would be great. It's just like, this is the weird place next to the ocean where all the bad wolves hang out. Yeah. Pretty sure. Fish are bad wolves. They're not even in the forest or shit. Yeah, they... (laughs) <laughs> They're real shitty wolves. <laughs> Have you ever seen, like, a tuna fish tear out a caribou's throat? No. So until next time, uh, we're reminding you to give credit. Credit is 25 cents per play. Scoops. Zines.